Blog Talk Radio. I was eating junk. I had just had two children back to back. I used to not be able to get on the ground. I never, ever daily exercise. Before, if I'd get down, I'd need a chair or something to help me get back up. I was 84 pounds heavier at one time. I was always a big dude, but I couldn't move around. That all changed when they met. Diamond Dallas Page. Started doing yoga, man. I started doing a, a thing called DDP yoga. It's Nacho Mama's yoga. WCW heavyweight champion, known for his signature move, the Diamond Cutter. Diamond Cutter! Took what he learned recovering from an injury and years in the ring and created DDP yoga. Working out combined with the eating habits. It was a huge difference. I felt so much better. It's a lot of fun for me because I never used to be able to be active. Now I'm, I'm, I'm on the floor, I'm rolling around. It's, it's pretty cool. More than importantly, I just want to be alive. I'm down about 110 pounds. DDP yoga can work for anyone. DDP. DDP. Radio. Yo, high five. Just in the nick of time. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, hello, my fellow GDPY Warriors. It is Wednesday night. It is 9 p.m. where I personally currently reside at the Raleigh GDP Radio Megaplex in beautiful Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, we are, I say myself personally because GDPY is global, baby. We are worldwide. And if you, we have a, a map that shows us everywhere people listen to GDP Radio, and it is all over the place. We have somebody who listens from the Isle of Malta, for God's sakes. One person, probably the only person in the Isle of Malta. But we're <laughs> worldwide, baby. That's my point. So due to this mega receiver that I have here on the DDP Radio Megaplex, this giant radio tower that goes, I guarantee you there's, there's aliens from other dimensions listening to DDP Radio right now, but I don't care about them because all I care about is my co-host. The one and only, the Canadian quote master herself, all the way up in the mountain on top of the mountain, on top of Mount Ontario, in beautiful Ontario, Canada. The <laughs> one, the only, the Canadian quote master herself. Hello, Crystal Stewart. Hello, Mike Mullins. How are you? Oh, wonderful. See, now I have to tell you, that's why I struggled to get the show going up tonight, because I get to make sure it goes to all parts of the universe. So there's there's like aliens walking around going, meet Thorp, bang, and just like <laughs> all about DDP radio. So I apologize for sliding in just under the radar, but it's kind of what I do. <laughs> my um, For some reason, my page here decided to refresh with like two minutes left to air, so I was trying to answer your your uh, your call. So I apologize for the last minute uh, uh, flying by the seat of my ass show, but I think that's when we typically do our best shows, so I think we'll just roll sure. with it. True. Yep. All right. Well, that's out of the way. How are you? How was your week? Um, it's cold, but really, you're not surprised to hear that. So breaking yeah. news. It's single digits cold. Wow, single digits in June. No yeah. wonder why you guys are you guys are so good at hockey. It's like you twice all season long up there, right? So I think they're calling for like maybe four degrees tonight, maybe. Oh, yeah, I'll be calling a plane to go somewhere tropical. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anywho, um, before we get started, not to take the mood down a little bit, but I just wanted to do a quick shout out to Travis Roberts, who's a really great friend of the show, and him and his family yep. are going through some some tribulations right now. So I just want to send him some love. I'm not going to go into specifics because not my place to say, but I just want to say, Travis, we love you, man, and we uh, we can't wait to. Uh, Here's some good news from your side of things. So uh, appreciate uh, him, and he's been a great supporter of what we do here for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Big hugs, Travis. Absolutely. And, um, man, I guess I guess let's just jump into it. I don't have the call on the line, but I have oh. a bunch of calls in my queue. So if she is there, Jody, if you're there, make sure you hit one so you'll show up on my uh my little uh, call list of uh, people I got to grab out of there. Um, well, there we go. Asking, thou shall receive. Right. All right. 
Well, uh, Crystal, um, I know you work very, very hard. I say this every week. You're, you're, you're booked through probably longer than I lived. So um, <laughs> I'm going to let you, you know, all that hard work. Uh, let's get, introduce our guest tonight and probably have a, a hell of a show here. So uh, let's get this thing rolling. So tonight's Warrior of the Week is my friend Jody. Um, I always mess up her last name, <laughs> so I'm never sure if I'm getting it right. Bernier, maybe? Um, but yeah, I had the pleasure of meeting Jody when I went to Georgia for Summit. And you want to talk about an amazing person. She has an incredible journey, and she's been on the show, so we are doing a recap. Um, we just, we're really anxious to talk to her and see how things have been in this new COVID world. So, yeah, welcome to the show, Dodie. Hi, how are you guys doing tonight? Hi, Dodie. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good. Uh, can't complain, can't complain. So, um, well, thank you for coming back on the show. We appreciate you, uh, you know, checking in with us again. We know you've been here before, and this month we've we've had a lot of, uh, you know, repeat uh, customers come through, some uh, repeat guests. But we love that because that means somebody who we interviewed, you know, months back or years back or whatever it have been is still sticking with it, still doing the program, still kicking some ass. So when you do that, we like to bring you back in for an update, and I love how this month has been a bit of an update month. Had a lot of great stories, and then we had a lot of great stories to follow up. A lot of great stories. So, if you do want to check out Jody's initial episode, then you should probably head back to the archives because everything's back there. A lot of great shows. You can hear a complete story. But uh, we're excited to get a checkup show. And uh, for those who's not familiar with uh, the episode you did, can you give us a little bit of a, uh, a just quick synopsis of how you got here to this point in your DWY journey? Yeah, I uh, started DDP over about five years. It's, well, it's been five years now, and uh, it's been quite a journey. Um, I did really, really well, um, you know, the first three years and lost about 80 pounds. Went through some things personally, uh, gained almost all my weight back, um, and then I broke my back. My lower spine, uh, so I had a, to recover from a lower back injury. Um, with the, you know, with the help of DDP yoga, um, but the weight just never really came off. Um, I developed a, um, hiatal hernia from, I had lap band back in 2010, um, way before I started DDP yoga and, um, I had to have that taken out. Um, and when I talked to the new surgeon here where I live now, um, we decided to do the gastric sleeve. Um, at the same time as taking that lap band out and doing some repairs. Um, so that was done back in uh, September of last year in the midst of all that COVID stuff. Um, so um, since then, um, I'm down um, almost 82 pounds since September um, with um, the help of that and DDP yoga. So that's where we are at today. Um, and now I have a shoulder injury that I'm, um, uh, I'm working through, had some x-rays done, and I have a problem with my C4-5 with a bone spur. So that'll act mm. up, you know, and then I have to modify DDP yoga quite, quite, some, quite a lot, to be honest with you. Um, but, you know, between that and walking and, and you know, the diet that I'm on, um, it really does help. Jody, I wanted to talk to you about um, what it, what it's like because nobody ever really talks about it. You lost or you experienced some some gains with the program, in meaning that you know you lost an initial amount of weight, but then you gained it all back. What does that do to you, do to you mentally? It actually, it deflates you, really. You know, you're wondering what, what's going on, you know. You're still doing the DDP yoga bar. Are you eating right? And at, at the time, with, with that, when me having my, that last band in there, it was not letting me eat right. Um, I don't know, oh. you know, how many people out there have had um, that type of surgery, but I literally, not to get gross, I vomited all the time. 
Um, oh so it was like whatever nutri- nutrients I was getting, it was just not enough to sustain any kind of energy, any kind of uh, stamina. It was very difficult. So you can imagine I mean, every meal wondering if you're going to throw up. And literally, I would literally throw up every single meal. Um, wow. And that's when I had an upper GI series done. The lap band had flipped. It tilted. It was it was crushing on the top of my stomach. Um, I developed a hernia there that was also restricting things. And um, the surgeon decided that, you know, it was time for the lap band to come out. So wow. when we decided that, that was January of last year, COVID hit. And there, there was no surgeries being done at all. I mean, they shut down everything in, in the hospital. Um, so I waited and waited and waited, and it kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then finally, um, after the first wave of COVID, they opened up surgeries and put me on the top of the list to get me in there and get that done. So that was done on September 10th. Um, and I had to, you know, the surgery is not an easy surgery. I mean, I had, I was in there for quite a long time because it was a lot of repair that needed to be done on top of my stomach. My stomach had to be dissected and, and, you know, put all back together. And at the same time they, they, you know, did the gastric sleeve. Now, um, I know that there's, there's a few people in the DDP universe that have had the gastric sleeve surgeries, literally taking your stomach down to the size of a small Chiquita banana, one of those small bananas. Not not a small not a small size banana, a, one of those little fingerling bananas. Um, so the amount of food that I eat, I drink really more protein shakes and stuff more than I do eat. I eat very small portions, but I make those portions those those foods count. I am I'm on a high protein, low carb. Um, I can't eat bread. I can't, I can't, can't eat pasta. I eat very little rice. So it's really low carb, high protein, and um, you know, I get my carbs from my fruits and my vegetables. Um, I'm at, at this point, I'm like like 10 months out from that, and now at this point, I'm now able to eat a little bit more, but I still gear towards what my protein. It's really a protein base, so like I drink protein shakes in the morning, and then I literally, literally eat all day long. Little, you know, like a four nuts. That's about eat, and then an hour later I'll be eating more, and then you know I'll eat some, eat a handful of berries, and then I'll eat a, you know, then I'll have a, you know, two ounces. I can also I can only eat two ounces at a clip, two ounces of chicken, or two ounces of beef, or two ounces of something. And some things you just don't don't agree with your stomach, and some things don't agree with you. And then you'll you'll I, I've learned that what what I can eat and what I can't eat. Um, so it's been a whole new learning curve on literally eating the right way, and and you know was mentally prepared for it. You know I was on clear liquids for three weeks before and five weeks after because of the amount of damage and stuff that was done from the last hand. Um, but hey, you know. Like everything else, I came out out from that, and I feel great. I, you know, I'm only taking vitamins. I didn't lose. A lot of people lose their hair. I didn't lose my hair. You know, I'm just doing everything right by the book, like I'm supposed to. Um, wow. And you know, that's where I am today. You know, and it's not easy. Well, I can tell you that. No, so well, if I'm... anybody's out there considering it, I don't discourage nobody. Um, but mentally prepare yourself just like everything else, and, you know, you know, you have to do your diet and your exercise or else you're going to have, I have a ton of loose skin, you know, and, and that's just the, the, the nature of, of, you know, of the, of what's going on, you know, of, of the surgery. Well, that's, that's, in, that's intense. Um, wow. You, you know, when you came on here, you know, last time, um, you know, we usually have somebody on and, and celebrate, you know, their accomplishments and what they've been through. And you always get to stay humble because a lot of people think when you achieve that success, even when you're trying the hardest you can, life is, it can take you to your knees in an instant. Just one thing can just knock out, uh, you know, the, the legs out from under you. And you got to stay humble and you got to stay, you know, they call this the, a lifestyle and a journey for a reason. It doesn't end once you hit the you know, right. your goal weight or wherever you want to be. 
Um, and oftentimes, more, I mean, I know more people who are going to have some legitimately severe struggles in life and in, in, yeah. in their weight loss program or whatever, you know, BPY. And you got to prepare for that. You got to expect it, and you got to find a way to bounce back, which you seem to be uh, trying to figure it out and, and seem to be uh, succeeding in, in, in trying to navigate yeah. that. And that's really commendable. Yeah, the one thing that really knocked me down was when I when I when I fell off the we moved into a house and like there like three months left after moving into the house I was walking the dog and came in the house we went to come in and I fell off the stoop onto my onto my spine and I have a oh. compression fracture of the L5 S1 so you know those nerves endings are just constantly you know. Was was debilitating, and then I gained even more weight back. So I was close to 300 pounds when I decided to take a different approach. I needed to get the weight off. How was I going to get the weight off? I could barely move. I could barely get out of bed. Thank God for you know safety zone because I would lay in safety zone every morning, rocking, trying to get that nerve to the compression to, to get off the nerve. Just to get that, just to get out of bed in the morning to go to go to work, you know. Um, so that's what really knocked me down, and that's what really started me on this new path, this new journey to get me back to where I could do the things that I was able to do before. Um, you know, today, am I 100% better with my back? Getting the weight, off, I thought getting the weight off would be would be the cure for that. And you know, the doctor said taking the stress off of it, it, it has. But now I got a whole new problem. You know, my leg, my leg will lock up and and I'll be in excruciating pain for like 20 minutes every morning. And so it's a whole different thing now where the nerve is really just not happy with me right now for some reason. Um, and then of course with the, you know, I have arthritis in the right shoulder with the C45 is X-ray. It, it's 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 shot with a bone spur in it that'll act up. So. I gotta watch that, so I'm really, you know, watching what I eat because, really, you know, cow dairy, which is a big thing in Dallas, talks about cow dairy all the time, will inflame your body. So that's one thing I, I've kind of tried to back off from is not eating a lot of cow dairy because it will aggravate and get all that going again. Yeah, absolutely. So we've been hearing from so many different people that. COVID has been um, a great equalizer across the board for absolutely everybody. So now that you've been home or your schedule has been, um, you know, kind of shaken up a bit, what have you made room for or what changes have you made to do the best you can with the situation? Right. I work in healthcare, so I, um, I had to work. You know, I was I was only yeah. home for two weeks um, when my office had ten people that came down with COVID. Um, wow. I didn't get it, um, but ten people in my office did. Um, but other than that, we you know had to go in every every single day into the office with with the job that I have, unfortunately. Um, so the only thing that I've really changed is you know you. Your kids are home from school, so you have to adjust to that. You know, you're home, you know, you're wondering, making sure they're doing their, their homeschooling because they were all on homeschooling, you know, virtual, yep. virtual learning. So it, it was really an, an adjustment. Um, you know, other than that, I really didn't make any changes because I still had to go to work every single day, where other people across the country didn't have that luxury. A lot of people lost their jobs, you know, they were furloughed. You know, you know, and I do know that you know the hospital where I work did furlough a lot of people. You know, and you know when you're home on trying to deal with furlough, and you know a lot of people, like I said, lost their jobs, and you see them struggle day in and day out. And when you struggle not having a paycheck, and unemployment was just a joke for some people. You know, they went months yeah. without even getting unemployment. And, you know, how do you you figure out how do you feed your family? And I would talk to some of the people and be like, how are you guys doing it? And I have to say, the state that I live in did did pretty well taking care of 
um, our people here in this state. Um, but still, you know, when people are on food stamps trying to feed their families, it's difficult to eat healthy, you know? It, yeah. You know, you have yeah. to prioritize. And, and the maximum amount I think they gave families were like six to $700 a month. So you have to budget that, budget that to like $120 a week, you know, to feed a family of four. And it's, it's not easy. Um, so I, I'm sure across the country, I'm sure across the DDP universe, I think, you know, people were affected the same way that you had to adjust to what you had to buy to feed your family. And, you know, luckily some people were able to stay home and continue, you know, to do their DDP yoga every single day. And that, that, that to me, that takes your mind off of things and, and focuses on you, you know, and then. And I saw, you know, I'm I'm on Facebook, but I don't post a lot on Facebook. I, you know, I follow people's journeys and stuff. And um, you can see that a lot of people were focusing on themselves during that time, and it was great to see that everybody was focusing on that. Yeah, it's kind of brought a whole new aspect to, you know, the saying of self-care. And I, right. I've noticed the exact same thing, right, is you see all these people, and now they have – ample amounts of time on their hands and I mean I guess it's one of those things that you know you (laughs) you get bored with doing the same thing over and over and over again so it's time to shake something up and do something for yourself in a positive light like so much is going wrong or seemingly wrong um it's nice to see that a lot of people turned to DDPY just to keep their sanity Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. Um, you know, even if they don't didn't do DDP yoga, you know, how do people, you know, you look around you and like my neighbor, you look around your, at your neighbors and you're like, geez, you know, they can't even like, they're afraid to go out of their homes. Yeah. It really made people really afraid to do things that they normally do. And I live in a resort area and it was like a ghost town around here. People didn't want to go to the boardwalk. People weren't going out to the stores. You know, restaurants were shutting down. Even now, the summer would, you know, with with everything opening up, there's still a lot of the a lot of the great restaurants that they had here in this area just aren't opening back up again. And it's a shame because you know when you live in the resort area with a bunch of seafood, you, you know, that's a great protein to eat. Um, you just don't have all those restaurants that were here before that that have that. Um, we were just talking the other day at the office that they said, you know, crabs are like $200 a bushel. Yeah. Some places are $300 a bushel. It's like how can you even, like, take your family out to just have some crabs, you know? And I, you know, and I, and I said to everybody around me, I said, you know, grab your kids, grab your grandkids, go to the store, grab a couple crab nets, go crabbing yourself. It's free. That's how yep. you get around it. Don't rely on restaurants to supply you with these crabs. There's an ocean out here. <laughs> Go get your own. You know, um, I, some, I, people you just forget that they're that you can actually. Oh, sorry. You know, I was just saying that we can clam here too. We have you no know, clam clams. We have clam spots here too. You can go get your clams. You can go get your fish. You know, just. Spend some time with your family. Just go down to you know, go down there and 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 get your own. You know, and it, that's free. And you're spending time with your family at the same time. Well, you know that's that's a great point. And, and you know, um, people actually, I feel like people forget that you can actually go into the ocean and take your own crab, get your own clam. That's kind of funny because <laughs> yeah. you think like it's it's unavailable, but no, it's actually available to us all. So that's that's funny. But right. um, I. You, but you made a great point there, and the, the, the financial and the economic hit to the the world. I mean, we're we're starting to slowly come out of the the pandemic stuff, the COVID stuff. We're starting to get back to real life, and I feel as we mm-hmm. start to feel more comfortable in the world again, um, this is going to re- reverberate for a long time financially, yeah. the economy. Like a lot of people are going to yeah. are hurt. There are entire industries that are just gone now that the people are going to be back in the workforce and there's going to be a lot of fallout to this and there's going to be a lot of people suffering and it really is going to take all of us kind of just binding together to get us all through this too because 
you know, yeah. as much as how divisive and angry everyone was at each other before this, it's going to be one of those things that we're going to have to band together to kind of pull ourselves through it. And I think that a lot of people are going to have to make a lot of changes in their lifestyle and in, in, in just who they are as a person, as a family. Uh, and it's going to be, a, it, we're going to come out of this different people. And I think if we start to treat this right. as one of those exercises where we can be better and we can be healthier and we can be friendlier, whatever have you, this is an opportunity to kind of, uh, you know, go in a different direction because there was a lot of hate and anger and, and just people just miserable for a while. And I'm hoping that on the other side of this, we're going to have a little more gratitude uh, and, and, and just neighborly, you know, uh, sensibility towards each other again. Yeah. You know, and, and you do, you do see it. Um, you know, my son works up on the, on the boardwalk in a, at a small place. And uh, when I went to pick him up the other day, you do see families are out, you know, they don't have to wear their masks on the boardwalk anymore here. And, they're out and about, and they're trying to get back to that normalcy where the kids have been cooped up for, my kids have been cooped up in this house for a year. Um, and, you know, it's not really nice to see my kids getting out and, and about and doing things. Um, I did, during the pandemic, my daughter did gain a lot of weight, and well, not a lot, but she gained like 40 pounds, and because she's sedentary, she, was, she wasn't out and doing anything. She wasn't in school and gym. She wasn't you know, she wasn't doing the normal things that she would normally do. Um, and we changed, you know, some some foods here in the house that had helped her, and she's lost 15 pounds of that. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, at first, you it's a stressful situation. People people tend to stress eat a lot. That's like yeah. one mechanism. Um, it's like a comfort thing. And I think that's what, these, that's what my daughter did was she was just looking for that comfort um, you know, I'd be at work and she'd call my mom who was a couple blocks away and she'd like, Grandma, take me to the store. And my, grandma, my mom would enable her and take her to the store and buy junk where I wouldn't buy the junk in the house. She would have it, she, she'd find a way to get it um, just to, to relieve stress. Um, so we did change a lot of things. Um, and I know that, you know, I'm a big advocate of, you know, stretching my dollar. You know, that's the big thing that was on the last time I was on DB radio, radio was to talk about eating on a budget. And I still have a budget, you know, right, in, right before, you know, all this pandemic and everything hit, um, I had I lost a high-paying job. So I had to start over at the bottom. I, you know, I had, like, no money coming in, um, and I had to pick myself up from that. You know, you fall down, you get back up again, just like GDP says all the time. You know, it's not a matter of how many times you fall down, it's how many times you get back up that count. Um, and I just now, after two years, have, are in, I'm in a good place, you know. And despite the pandemic, you know, and I was fortunate enough to be able to work the whole time, um, but others across the nation weren't. Um, and that's, that's, you know, a sad thing, you know. But it's only a matter of picking yourself back up again. I mean, I went through, uh, you know, I got divorced, and I moved my kids, you know, thousands of miles away from their father, and, um, you know, it's just a matter, you know, I lost my job and had to start over again and find a new career path, and now I have found a career path that I love. You know, I thought I loved that job I had before for 24 years, but you know what? I found now I found a job that I love. I mean. You know, it's in the, in the healthcare. I work at the local hospital, and it's just so rewarding on many levels. Um, and you know, it's just a matter of getting yourself back up again. In the midst of all that, two injuries, <laughs> a couple surgeries, um, but you know, the injuries are. Go ahead, please. I'm sorry. No, I was. I was. I was sorry. Okay. I was just going to say. Those, you know, the injuries, you know, after you've gone through so much, you made all those big changes, and obviously you must must have been terrified to make those changes and get across the country and get to where you are, and then those injuries pop up, and and it kind of, you know, that can really just knock the wind out of your sails. That must be incredibly frustrating. Um, How are you feeling with all this? Are are you feeling hopeful? Are you kind of feeling dejected? Because, you know, emotions are on us. Not everyone's going to, you know, react to it positively. Sometimes it can be difficult, and you know, what the hell, I was just getting on my feet, you know, what's going on and, and how are you planning on kind of tackling that, uh, that injury? 
Um, yeah, I, you know, I just, I'm feeling very hopeful for the future. I really am. You know, despite of, um, there's a lot of, a lot of, you can see, you won't watch the news, you see about there's a lot of hate across the country still. Um, you know, you, you just had a shooting here in the area just the other day. You know, there's just, I, I, I you know, for me, I, I feel hopeful. You know, we have no longer have the mask mandate. We no longer have, we're just trying to get back to some kind of normalcy. Um, and we, to me, we, I, I think that we just need to find love and love in each other. There's no reason to hate each other, you know. There's enough out there, there's enough jobs out there right now that, you know, even though you, can, you might not think you can start at the bottom, start at the bottom, I did, you know, and I did it way before the pandemic hit, um, and just grow from there. It's a matter of, of where you're starting and then grow, it's, you know, and, and open up your heart at the same time, you know. You know, I, I see a homeless person on the side of the road that's begging for food. I'll go when I, you know, at a local Wawa or something, I'll go in and get him a sandwich and hand him a sandwich and, and, a, and a cup of coffee, you know, just to give back to, you know, they're hurt, someone's hurting. You may think you have a bad thing today, but there's there's someone else that has it worse than you do. And, and if you can just spend $4 to give back to someone that's, that's starving, you know, just be nice to your neighbor, you know. That, that's all I ask of people across the country is just be nice to each other. There's no reason to show hate, you know. You know, it, it's kind of ironic because I was going through the grocery store the other day here, and I saw a little kid um, talking to its mom in the back of the cart where you put all the groceries, and um, the little kid said to the mom, what if we come out of all this and we forget how to be a good person? Ah, Yeah. And it and just how, kind of made what me... What do you say to your children? Right? It just made me stop and think, you know, wow, out of the mouth babes that, you know, wow... Yeah. Yeah, and it's, 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 you know, children are creatures of their environment. And, you know, I just continue to show my children that you, someone always has it worse than you, you know. Yeah. And just give back. If you see someone struggling, if you see someone struggling even just to walk across the street, give them a helping hand. You know, if you see an, an old lady or an old gentleman, you know, struggling to put their groceries in the car, go over and help them. You know, it's just a matter of being a compassionate person. Um, and that's all it is. You just need to be, be be nice to everybody. Treat others the way you want to be treated. And that's, I was yeah. just having a discussion with my daughter yesterday. You know, respect. You know, if you want respect, you have to show respect. And, and that's just the, the way way of the world, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated and everything, you know, everything will come around. You know, I, I it was like one of those over... things. Oh, Sorry, go, ahead, Mike, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and, you know, it just, this is why you have remained, Jody, one of my favorite people, is because when we actually met, you left such a lasting impression because you were kind and I was feeling so anxious and so stressed and so worried and so freaking out that, you know, <laughs> you re- you reached out a hand and you were so kind. And the benefit of all of this is I have a wonderful friend in the world that is just an angel. So, Aww. Well, you know, I, I, I will always live by um, being kind to others, um, you know, in the, in the, you know, my job I had before, you know, you always had to be compassionate with people because it was just the nature of that, that job. Um, and yeah. when I switched to what I'm doing today, it's really compassion on the whole different, um, I see things in a different light. Um, I mean, I was always a compassionate person, but when you're dealing with people in healthcare, I mean, when you're dealing with people that are coming in with COVID and, you know, and, and, you know, they're in there for months on end and, That's you know, scary. it's just, it's very, very scary. And we were fortunate. We didn't have, we had about 400 cases here where I am. So that, that was just our hospital. Um, 
we have two hospitals in the area, and 400 cases, I mean, that it was a lot, you know, and people were just influxing to the emergency room looking for, to make sure, you know, any little sniffle, they were thinking they had COVID and, right. and just being compassionate and, you know, just, you know, telling them everything's, you know, they, you know, the world doesn't think it's going to be okay, but, you know, if you're just compassionate enough to tell them, like, look, it's going to be okay and, you know, you know, they couldn't have their families with them, you know, because you're the only one that could come into the emergency room, you know, that's scary. Um, you know, when you had, we had people that were there for two months that could never see their families, could never touch nobody. I mean, it was just, it was so, so sad to, to watch in a difficult time like it is today, you know? Yeah. Um, but now, on the flip side of that, I see now is that we're getting back to normalcy. We don't have those lockdowns in the hospital anymore. You get to see your family. Um, you know, we, we still have one case that's in, in, in our in our facility, um, but they at least they can see their family, you know. Um, and another thing I'm on it is that the vaccines are out there. I encourage everybody to get vaccinated. Um, it's important. That's the way we can stop the spread of it, um, even though. The vaccine doesn't stop you from getting it. It doesn't stop you from being a carrier. Um, it still stops you from having very bad symptoms, especially if you have underlying medical conditions. I do encourage um, getting the vaccine. Yeah. You've seen it from a really up-close, you know, level, too. Um, I, all my friends and my family, my wife, or her father, my mom, they all work in healthcare. And you guys, just, I mean, it's, it's easy to look on the news, and our brain can't handle just picturing millions and hundreds of thousands of people dying and millions of cases. Your head just can't wrap yourself around that. It's just it, the number is impossible to kind of visualize. But when you're one-on-one with people, and, and you know, people in the healthcare industries are, are having people's last conversations, like two weeks ago, we're fine. And to see it on such a close level, and if you, if you can't be affected by that, you know, there's something wrong, and one of my biggest you know, yeah. fears is that in a few months we're going to forget all this, and we're going to lose all of that insight that we got. And really, if there's ever a chance to really just embrace how precious it is to be here and how lucky we are to be here, because there's a lot of people who weren't that lucky. And, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's, a real, it's a real moment of uh, we can choose right now to be better. And I know that you've seen all this stuff on a pretty up-close level, as, you know, so many other healthcare people have. And it's it's no joke. No, it's not. Um, and, you know, people take it, take it you know, for granted. My, 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 my thought to everybody is don't take life for granted. Um, tomorrow is never promised to nobody. And, you know, like Crystal said, just, you know, the compassionate side of me, just be compassionate, just be be nice to everybody around you because tomorrow is not promised to nobody. And what this pandemic should have taught us all is just that, that life is, you know, can be gone in an instant and tomorrow is never promised. And in the meantime, while you are here, take care of yourself. You know, you know, um, you know, BDP yoga is, is a, is great, not just mentally, but it, you know, takes some stress off your body. It, it helps you stretch out in the morning. Um, you know, it just, that's why I do DDP yoga. Like when people ask me, what do I do for, you know, when I was going through this whole thing with the surgery, they said, what, what, what are you going to do for, for, for working out? I said, I'm going to do my DDP yoga. I've been doing DDP yoga for five years. I'm going to continue doing my DDP yoga. When the, you know, the orthopedic said, what are you going to do? You know, let's do physical therapy and, you know, charge me $30 every time I go in to do physical therapy and do this. No, I'm going to continue to do my DDP yoga go home. I just want to make sure that it's not to the point where I'm going to need surgery on it. If it's not where I want to, not, not to the point where there's surgery, I'm going to heal myself with DDP yoga and, and, and go from there. Um, same thing with my neck and my shoulder. He's like, you don't want to do physical therapy? No, I'm going to continue to do my DDP yoga. I just want to make sure that my it's not to the point where I'm going to be immobilized and I'm not going to be able to do any of that. Um, because there was a point where I went like six to eight months with my back where I could not even get down on the floor. Cause if I got down on the floor, I wasn't getting back up. I barely could get out of bed to get to, to go to work for, for that time period. Finally, the one day when I, I could, I literally 
stood out of bed, crawled down the hallway, and I said to my fiance, you need to take me to the hospital. There's something wrong. So I ignored it for months. Um, and it got to the point where I was like, I couldn't even like move. I was, it was like I literally crawled like an infant out to the car, into the car, and that's when they found that it was a compression fraction, fracture in my L5-S1, which was causing so much impingement on that sciatic nerve that it was just making my legs numb. And so listen to your body. Don't ignore it like I did. That's the one thing I can tell everybody. Don't ignore your, don't ignore your pain. Don't ignore anything. Listen to your body because your body is telling you something. Yeah, I agree. Great point. Point, yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. And, and you, you know, you said something very kind of kind of tie it back to, to DDPY there a little bit. Um, there's a lot of people who aren't there, and uh, you know, here in, in this COVID, uh, it targeted obesity, it targeted unhealthy people, people with uh, you know, uh, malnutrition, people didn't do well. And I think we owe it to people who aren't here right now, who couldn't, you know, you know, be saved to treat ourselves well, to eat healthy, to, to do DDPY, to change mm-hmm. our habits. Um, because in the future, you know, these COVID, these coronaviruses, like, you know, they, there's, they're going to come. They're, there's going to be other ones. And we got to be prepared because uh, if anything taught us anything, you know, <laughs> we're, we're pretty lucky to be here and life is pretty precious. But our body isn't built to last mm-hmm. forever and we get to get as much out of it as we can. And being healthy yeah. and choosing the right foods and exercise is the next step in preventing something like this from happening. You're right. You're right. You know, and another thing that this pandemic should have taught everybody across the country is, you know, restaurants shut down so you couldn't go, you couldn't go for that comfort food. Um, even though the McDonald's was still open for drive-thru, they still had those fast food restaurants for drive-thru. Um, you know, it, it should have taught, taught people that start cooking those meals at home and start focusing on that. So my fiance happens to be a chef, um, and while, and then he's an Italian. So what happens then is everything's cream-based, everything's, you know, not the healthiest. So I had to teach him that, no, you don't add all that to a meal. You don't need to bread things and dredge things and deep fry things and make things unhealthy. We can make healthy, you know, chicken parmesan. We can make healthy chicken marsala. <laughs> we can make healthy lemon, lemon, Italian lemon chicken. We don't have to make it so fattening. Let's start cutting out, you know, where we can cut out. And, you know, finally he saw that his inflammation in his body too was reacting to it. And, you know, we've made a whole change here just in him alone because he was like, no, we've got to deep fry things, batter this, batter that. I was like, no, we're not battering nothing. We're grilling this, grilling that. <laughs> so it should have brought your family together to teach them how to um, eat healthy and cook healthy. Um, and I know that during the pandemic it was very difficult financially. Um, even, you know, today, you know, Food is just getting out of control. I was at the grocery store today, and just sirloin steaks are $11.92 a pound. I'm like, $11.92 a pound. Go, good gravy, Marie. Um, and that's just for regular steak. I can just spend a sirloin. I cannot ima- I didn't even look at the ribeyes. I can imagine how much a ribeye costs or, or a New York strip. Um, but even chopped me, like, like we, we'll only buy um, chucks. Um, or um, free range, but even the free, I mean, the, the prices are just at control right now. And, you know, someone on Facebook said, I'd really like to hear how do you stay on a budget. Well, you know, I don't always buy free range chicken. I don't always buy free range eggs. I don't always buy organic. Um, but when they reduce it down, when it's on a reduced, I'll buy it, fillet it, bag it, freeze it. That's what we've learned during the pandemic. Buy it, fillet it, freeze it. Um, um, and then when I run low on that and I can't get it on, on, on sale or on reduce, I, you know, I will buy regular chicken, regular Purdue chicken. So it's not like, you know, even though, you know, DDP yoga and the program encourages you to go free range organic, um, a lot of people can't afford that. So what do you do? Just buy regular chicken. 
you know, it's okay, you know, just rinse it off, rinse it really good, soak it, soak the pure impurities out of it, um, you know, and let it dry a little bit before you start cooking with it so that all that, those, whatever toxins are in that terrible, you know, it's not terrible chicken, but it's not the best chicken. Um, and that's what I, could, I, t- I tell people all the time, you know, is it the best? No. But is it better than eating a chicken nugget from McDonald's? Absolutely. So think about the flip side of that. You know, chicken's $1.99 a pound at my Walmart. I don't know about the other Walmarts across the country, um, but mine's are $1.99, and that, that, that price has never faltered. You know, chicken tenders are two twenty nine a pound for regular chicken tenders at, you know, at my Walmart. Chicken thighs are two nineteen a pound. Um, and, you know, buy the big packs, come home, chop, break them down, put them in freezer bags, freeze them. You know what you're, plan your meals ahead of time, know what you're going to use that chicken for. Don't overbuy, just buy what you need for the, for the week, or if you buy for two weeks, buy for two weeks. Um, chop meat, chuck chop meat, you know, it may, it may not be the best. It's not the worst. You know, I will never buy the worst chop meat, but I'll, the, it's, it's better than, than the worst. Um, and it's not as good as, you know, the organic or the free range stuff. Um, but chuck is your best bet. And, you know, even that right now for five pounds is $20, you know, for five pounds, which is still $4 a pound. Bring it home, make your hamburgers, you know, break it down. I'm, I'm a big fan of getting yourself an upright freezer, spend the, invest in an upright freezer, get yourself, you know, freezer bags and, and break everything down, plan ahead of time. And, and that's how we do it here. Um, do I buy fresh produce all the time? Absolutely not. I, but, you know, the, the frozen organic bags of broccoli and cauliflower and all that good stuff, that's just as good. If you can't, if you can't afford the organic, regular frozen, you know, vegetables are good because they are frozen right from being fresh. Um, and when you can buy fresh, buy fresh. You know, right now we have the time of, time of year where you have all the fruit stands, and that's, that's, that's promoting and supporting local farming. Get out there and go to your fruit stands, buy, your, buy your, your, your tomatoes there, you know, buy from your local farmers. Um, I'm happy. I live in an area that has lots of that. Um, I'm not very good as a green thumb, or if I'd grow my own garden. If you have a green thumb out there, grow your own garden. Go to, go to Home Depot, get your plants, plant them out there, get them out there, grow them. Um, I don't have a green thumb. I couldn't even grow a tomato plant last year. I was like, oh, I'm going to grow tomato plants. Yeah, hello. <laughs> I killed it after three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, such a, that's such a good point, and, and you, you said it really well. Um, you know, here at GDPY, we're all the same. No matter how rich, poor, fit, not fit, we're all here under, for the same reasons doing the same thing. Unfortunately, the grocery store doesn't treat everyone the same. So sometimes better foods are available for people who are willing to spend more money. Um, I really tried to right. uh, incorporate something into my life, and I think it goes right in hand with what you're trying to say, is, you know, when you're in a situation, I think the best way to win is to take stock of where you're at, take stock of what you're able to do, how much you're able to afford, and if you make the best decision out of the choices you have available and just try to do that as much as possible, you know, I can't afford the the, the $50 lean steak, but I can afford this one or this one. Which one is the better option right now? Uh, what's going to do me the best right. and get me the furthest. And I think that's, it's a pretty good way to look at it because, uh, you know, like you said, there's, you know, sometimes, if, you know, especially now groceries have gotten so expensive down here. Uh, I can't imagine running up, you know, a large family uh, and having to buy groceries for a large family or even a small family. <laughs> uh, I'm just here with my wife yeah. and my children. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, we have a dog and two birds and I have two teenagers. 15 and 17 who are home on homeschool for this whole pandemic. And they talk about eating out, eating you out of the house at home. Literally these kids can eat. So I can't imagine anybody having more than two kids. Cause if anybody has mm. more than two kids out there, God bless you. Because these kids can eat. I cannot imagine any more than two multiplying that. I would have, I would have been broke. Um, you know, I, I would not have had a dime to my name because all I would do is just buying food for all day long, lunch and dinner, all day. Because they didn't have, you know, normally you go to school and give them, oh, here, here's $10 for the week, go get your lunches at school. 
Well, yeah. I didn't have that luxury to say, here's $10, go get your lunch at the street corner. And it don't work that way. <laughs> nope. You no. Know? And when they're home, they tend to eat more, you know, like breakfast sandwiches. They, I, come, I come home and have a sink full of dishes. I'm like, oh, really, kids? Can't you just clean the dishes up after yourself? <laughs> right. But they would have bacon, <laughs> egg, bacon, egg, and cheese on toast, and they would have, you know, or omelets or you know, if they really felt like they would, you know, were were on top of the world, they'd be making pancakes, and I'd have syrup all over the place, and you know, but they would eat all day long. Um, my fiance said they would shuffle in and out. You could tell them when they were on break from from a class because they'd be coming out getting something to eat. And and, they, and it, I taught my kids to cook, and that's another great thing. Teach your kids young to cook for themselves. It's great that my kids can cook. Not to just wish they would clean up after themselves. It would be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I do the cooking and cleaning up in this house, and I don't know how my wife does it, but she can make an omelet and use every pan we have and pot in the house. And I don't know how. You made yeah, an omelet. How did you use every pan? <laughs> oh, we got a fried bacon in this pan. Then you got to, you know, you know, saute everything else in this pan. Then you got to put it all together in the big pan because the big pan makes the omelet. So you got three pans: the bacon pan, the vegetable pan, I, I, and then the making the final product. I sometimes think my wife, when she cooks, is doing like one of those Food Network Extreme challenges, like make an omelet with every piece of kitchen tool you have in the house. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that's I think that's what these kids do. I tell them stay off YouTube. You're spending too much time on yeah, YouTube right? because they they would get an idea on how to cook something on YouTube and they would come to the <laughs> kitchen. Oh no 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 no. I mean, and I encourage my children to cook. You know, it's great when my kids can make a meal. But as I'm sitting back trying to watch and try not to invade that space, it's like kills me because you got every knife out, every little measuring bowl out, <laughs> every pot out, every can out, every spatula out. I mean, they just think they're like Gordon Ramsay, and that's just, <laughs> you're not Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay has one pot. I don't see him having like 20 pots here. But you're right. Gordon you know, can, and, and Gordon Ramsay can afford a crew to clean up after him. True. That's right. That's right. But yeah, I should start charging them. And now that my son's working, yeah, I can char- start charging them for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, but it did. To me, I, I felt it brought my, you know, this whole thing brought my family together. It, you know, taught, you know, my kids a new level of respect for, for things and not to take life so so so, so seriously, not, not to take things for granted. Um, you know, and I always said to him, he said, we might have it, you know, we might, you might think you have it bad. I said, but your neighbor might have it worse than you. Well, that's, yeah. that's the, the bottom line, you know, someone out there has it worse than we do. And, you know, we saw in, in my family alone, we, we, you know, we saw, I had, you know, I have a close family member that, that went through a whole struggle during the pandemic. You know, my, you know, she lost her job and, you know, he has, you know, he has leukemia and, you know, Social Security cut him off from Social Security and, and, you know, they almost lost their house and everything. And, you know, thank God family members were able to help him through that or, you know, it would have been really tragic. So I've seen the worst during the pandemic. Um, luckily, I didn't have that as much as others did, and I was fortunate. And I feel that I was, my family was fortunate for that. My immediate, you know, my household, um, but my family, some of my families weren't so fortunate during the pandemic, and it didn't break them. I can tell you that um, it made them stronger as a couple, as a family, um, and they're coming out of it on on a good note. You know, they've never lost that funk and that um, happiness for life. Um, and that's that's a, where a lot of people lost that, especially when you're losing family members to this, to, to this nasty virus. Um, not a lot of people had that, that, you know. And a lot of people I do know mm-hmm. lost family members to to COVID. Um, you know, one of my workers lost their mother. They both were in the hospital at the same time, and she, her mother didn't make it out, and she did. Um, so, you know, you look at life a little differently during all that Um and like I, we said before, Mike, you know, take care of yourself, take care of your family, and the way you can do that is just concentrate on 
don't concentrate. Don't concentrate on the big things in life. Just concentrate on the small things because the small things what matter most. And taking care of yourself um, is is important. You know. Well said. Well said. And and I can't believe the hour just flew by. We got a couple minutes left to wrap up here, but. Um, we appreciate you coming on. To be honest with you, it took like half the episode before I realized that you were uh, jo- the same Jody, the the, the uh, extreme savings, the eating on a budget. Oh, like, the, last, the last name <laughs> threw me. So I just want to put that out there. I'm sorry. The last name is different now. So I think, right? Yes. The last, the last thing yep. was, so I'm, I, so I, I was throwing the name. Uh, I apologize. But, right. Oh, thank you. It is Bernier. Uh, well, well, we, um, in Canada, because I am French Canadian, it's Bernier. Bernier, um, right? But, yeah, That's what I thought. <laughs> uh, um, but here well, in America, they call me. They, it's Bernier. <laughs> do you have anything you want to plug? Do you have any blogs or anything you want to, you know, any place you want to point people if they want to check out any kind of your uh, your stuff? Nope, I don't have anything. Nope, I'm I'm a pretty simple person. Um, if they reach out to me on Facebook, I do have Facebook Messenger. Um, anybody that's, that's in the universe that asks me to be their friend, I, I accept everybody's friend's request. Um, if anybody has any questions on how um, handling, you know, budgeting food on a budget, I will answer your questions. Just message me. Um, but, yeah, um, you know, my DDP yoga, I don't do it every day. I'm going to tell everybody out there I don't do it every day. Um, I do it the days I feel good um and that's how i'm listening to my body right now because of the shoulder injury and the back injury um and i still have about 45 pounds to lose but since i started ddp yoga i started ddp yoga at 319 pounds and this morning i weighed in at 217 but over 100 pounds between my between my surgery and ddp yoga overall in the last five years so i did just finally reach the 100 pound mark um i feel great um, and if they have any questions about doing the vertical sleeve surgery along with DDP yoga, I will answer anybody's questions um, with compassion. I, I don't. Uh, this is a judge-free zone. I don't judge nobody. Your journey is your own. And like DDP says all the time, make it your own. Um, make it your own journey. Don't place the journey on someone else's journey because it's, ultimately it's your journey, not anybody else's. Well Amen. said. We we appreciate it. and we appreciate the message you brought here. You know, we, we kind of veered off from the topic of DDPY a little bit, and we try to do that on this show because it's isn't an infomercial. It's talking about real life stuff, real life things, and I love where we went that because despite the fact that we we were talking COVID, we were talking about you know the economy and things, it was all centric to the DDPY message, which is positivity and, and, and treating people well. And I think it's so important, and, and you put it so well that you know. Don't judge people. Don't judge people who need a helping hand. Don't judge people who need a handout once in a while because no matter how well off we're, we are in life, we're in instant, we could all be needing a handout. We could all just be brought to our knees and, and be needing to rely on somebody else to get by no matter how well you're off. So stay humble and, and treat people well That's because it. you don't, you never expect something like this to happen. And it's, it's good you're to right. know that there's good people out there willing to help. Yep. Yeah, like I said, love your neighbors um, and always look to give a helping hand wherever you can. Uh, I love it. That's perfect. And, and uh, Crystal, I think we're, uh, we yeah. got a couple, uh, we got like a minute left and maybe a couple of seconds after that if I shut my mouth. But uh, let's get us out of here with the quote <laughs> of the day and then we'll we'll blast off into uh, into next week. Sure. So this week's quote is by someone named Dr. Thelma and the quote is, some people will not be happy that you're healing. They benefited from your brokenness. Continue to heal anyway. Oh, that's great. I love it. That's, that's a beautiful love quote. It. But I, I just got to interject by two cents. Dr. Selma sounds like a Simpsons character. But it was a great quote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Jody, do you well, see what I you. put up with? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna leave right now, get off the air and go bother my wife. So you got a you got a week to go without <laughs> having me be There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna right, go guys. see what my we'll kids are doing. I'm sure they're 
tearing something up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Jody. Thank you, uh, Crystal. Thank you, uh, everyone who's listening tonight. Uh, You guys are, you know, hopefully everyone's doing all right, recovering, getting back into life. And, you know, make sure you keep your chin up. Keep the effort. Keep moving forward. Even if you don't do it every day, even if you don't do it every month, keep coming back. As long as you keep coming back, you're never a quitter. You're just always just ready here to hop back on the mat and on your life. So we'll see you guys soon. See you guys next week. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Jody. Crystal. Rope. That was a great workout, man. The powerbomb set up by Paige. Oh, oh, diamond Cutter. I don't believe it. Diamond wow. Cutter out of the powerbomb. We're going home. You've been listening to DDP Radio. Tune in again next week for another edition of DDP Radio with more great guests, inspiration, and news from Diamond Dallas Page and Team DDP Yoga. Keep up all the great work and, most importantly, own your life. This is- Talk Radio.